Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey parents, we are back with another episode of the Wonder of Parenting podcast. My name is Tim Wright along with Dr. Michael Gurian. Another listener question. And again, we are so excited that you've been sending in your questions. They're always such good ones. And if you have a question for us, you can always go to our website, wonderofparenting.com. And we have a submission page there where you can leave your question. And we've got uh, five or six or seven already in the queue. So if you send a question, be patient. We will get to it uh, because these are these are really exceptional questions. Uh, once again, before we dive into our question for today, I uh, just wanted to put out there that uh, if you would like to bring uh, Michael and Tim and the Wonder of Parenting podcast to your community, um, we would surely be interested in talking to you. If you'd like to do a Wonder of Parenting seminar uh, through your school or your school system, through your church or a number of churches, uh, maybe the organizations that you're part of, and do a community event, um, basically it would be about a three-hour event with Michael doing an hour and a half or so on brain science differences between boys and girls, and then the second half we would do Wonder of Parenting podcast live with your questions. And if you feel like this would be something good for your community, go to that submission page on wonderofparenting.com and uh, just say, hey, we're interested. What's it look like? And uh, I will tell you, you get uh, two two guys for the price of one. So it's a good deal. And we would love to uh, help if any in any way we can. That's why we're here, uh, to uh, serve parents, to serve you, to serve your communities. So if you find that helpful, please, uh, please go online, wonderofparenting.com. Use the submission page and at least get some information on it if you're intrigued at all. Uh, so, Michael, our, our question for today, is, is, it's a rather long one, but it's important, so I'm going to read the whole thing. But it does pick up a little bit from where we were last week when we were talking about boys and, and um, their use of violent play or violent images to develop character. This takes us to a little different place, uh, but once again, it is connected to how boys tend to deal uh, emotively differently maybe than girls do, at least occasionally. And so this comes from Amanda, and I'm going to read her whole thing because there's a lot in there, and then we'll focus on a couple of things we think will be pertinent to everyone. Uh, I've really enjoyed listening to your podcast. We appreciate that. I'm a mother of four boys. <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> Eight, six, four, and two. And I find great comfort in having your help and guidance as I raise these precious boys. Uh, and we love boys, by the way. Uh, my question for you is in regards to my oldest son. He's eight years old in the third grade. Last summer, he started acting out a lot at home, hurting his siblings out of anger, frustration, destroying things, lack of empathy and defiance. It became so overwhelming for me, I got him into therapy where he was being treated for depression. So I thought that was fascinating. Uh, we have had no trauma such as abuse or divorce, so I don't understand where all his anger comes from. I also think, as his mom, that he has ADHD of some sort. He does not listen well and is very antagonistic. The therapist and the doctors say they don't diagnose ADHD until nine years old, but I need some help now. I have feared that I will lose my son in a sense, and that he will turn out to be a monster despite my efforts to love and give him a loving environment and home. 
I would love some direction in what to do. How do I approach finding out if he does have ADHD? What can I do when he acts out? How do I best diffuse his anger? I've read depression happens a lot with kids with ADHD. Um, and uh, the last line got cut off, but I think what she's saying is thank you, and I look forward to your response. Um, so, Michael, there's so many different ways that we can go. Um, so let me kind of guide the discussion here because some of this is based on my own personal experience. When my son Mike, uh, at around the same age, by the way, uh, went through a, 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 a real serious clinical depression that lasted a number of years, and anger was attached to that. Um, now, we didn't have the acting out that um, she's having, that Amanda's having. We had more of a sort of a passive go into the cave uh, response from Mike, but uh, there were times when he would get angry and lash out at us. So let's start a little bit with the relationship between depression in boys and anger. Yeah. Yeah, that it's such a uh, question. And I did, we did write back and sort of say to this, to this person, you know, this is more subtle. There's going to be some stuff that's more subtle here than we can really right. get in a podcast and asking to maybe do some coaching with that person so I can get more information to be fully helpful. But in general, um, uh, males tend when they get depressed to go fight or flight. And uh, like your son had the flight part, which is the withdrawal part. Um, a lot of males have the fight part, you know, so they do become very angry. And of course, you can have a combination of those. This isn't saying females don't do both of those. Of course they do. Uh, but females will tend to have more more complexity you know they'll be more crying let's say they'll be more trying to verbalize more of what we call overt depression uh, with males it's more fight or flight so it seems especially if they withdraw to be more covert and then they have a higher likelihood of abusing substances later so it's it's really uh really good to catch it very early uh, so this is a third grader, and she said that a particular doctor won't talk about ADD in third grade, but there are others who will. Mm -hmm. So if she, um, you know, this eight, this eight-year-old, there are doctors who will talk to her about that, and she would want to find those who who specialize. Who, so not a pediatrician who doesn't have a specialty. That person's very smart, but is is not specializing. We want to get a psychologist or someone who or, or a psychiatrist who specializes in pediatric depression. Uh, if they specialize in pediatric depression, they're probably going to be able to speak to her about this, and they're going to do some neuropsych batteries for this child. Um, oh, go ahead. You're yeah, well, I was going to say. So we're we're not we're we're not uh, you know specifically diagnosing here for Amanda. We're just talking in really general terms right now, um, right. because I'm sure there are a lot of parents. Uh, and we were we were those parents who who've got boys or girls, but boys is the topic today, um, who have gone through these kinds of things, depression, and and we don't. First of all, you don't expect it in a little kid like that. Uh, right. We were, and and you know, this is kind of my business as a pastor to be aware of these things. We were oblivious. Uh, and uh, and and then you know just that fear of treatment and when how old should kids be before they go on medications and and all of them so many questions, um, and uh, I know Amanda's wrestling with all of those, um, and of course her fear right now she's seeing some pretty um, d destructive is maybe a strong word but response from her son you know talk about hurting the siblings and destroying things defiance uh, those are frightening frightening experiences to have when especially when you're a mom of a boy who's growing up um so so we're not so a lot of parents are going through this 
Now, is there a correlation between depression and ADHD or ADD? Oh, sure. They can overlap. Absolutely. But, and and this child could have oppositional defiant, you know, disorder. This, okay. That's why this child has to see, we got to see someone, a psychologist or psychiatrist who who specializes in this and who can sort out what is going on to see if if what what has gotten triggered because whether it's depression or an oppositional defiant or, or anything whatever it the genes get triggered um uh, and if it's not that you know if, if if this child has none of those things you know then still that pediatric uh, specialist is going to be able to help because maybe the child maybe something that the mom doesn't know about has happened and the child is responding to some trauma um so i i really think the bottom line is is got to get some get someone really well qualified to help her figure out what is going on here but yes ADD ADHD and depression can be can intersect no doubt about it but but there's not a causal relationship oh that a depressed child that that, that depression would cause ADHD yeah um, not as far as I know okay I, I don't think anyone would want to say one causes the other but they can they can absolutely correlate. Right. Now, what I really appreciate about Amanda, first of all, is she's on top of this and she's concerned about it. She should be concerned about it. Um, so uh, when, when, you've, when you're looking at your son and um, your son is starting to act out, so she, you know, her, her great title for her subject was when acting out is a red flag. For you, what are some things that you look for? Let's uh, keep it to boy behavior, where acting out is at a point where parents need to say, uh, we need to get our son help. Yeah, when it becomes violent, when it's trying to hurt others and it's or it's destructive, I mean, we, we got to know what acting out is. If if acting out is throwing a tantrum on the floor, you know, and with fists hitting the floor and crying, um, that could be acting out, but it's not harming others and it could be the way this boy processes. Um, and then the tantrum's over. But if he's trying to hit mom or trying to hit dad or and with the, these siblings, you know, the, the siblings she's worried about that. It seems to me is that it's has moved over into, and we need more info, but I, we think what she's saying is she's moved over into being violent or harmful to siblings. Um, that would be a red flag, no doubt. And I would immediately try to get a specialist involved. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. If you are uh, listening for the first time, we're really glad to have you joining us. Uh, this is the Wonder of Parenting podcast. My name is Tim Wright, along with Dr. Michael Gurian, and you can subscribe to the podcast and get our weekly uh, downloads every Monday, uh, fresh topic every Monday, and you can do that at wonderofparenting.com, and over off to the side, you'll see several different ways that you can subscribe to the podcast. We do have 
a Facebook group page, and um, we I post articles there. Uh, once in a while, we have a question of the week just to engage each other, and uh, would love to have you be a part of that. You get we go a little deeper than we can go on our podcasts. Uh, and so we, we direct you always to wonderofparenting.com and, uh, and then our Facebook page, you just search Wonder of Parenting. Uh, so Michael, um, we've got, uh, not only some depression issues here, but some anger issues. And, um, w- again, when we, when we think about anger, um, anger isn't always tied to depression. Uh, sometimes anger can just be a natural response, but test, uh, particularly testosterone-driven response. Um, so talk about the kinds of anger that we might see, particularly in a boy who's eight, and uh, he's maybe a little early for puberty at this point, but he's starting to move toward that. What are some things that parents should be looking for in terms of the expressions of anger in boys as they start moving into puberty? Yeah, it, it, all of these things depend to a great extent on the genetic package that this child has. You know, when when people say, well, my son loses his temper or my daughter loses his temper. Um, that comes in on certain personality genetics and those are passed down. And we can always, we, you know, as we study the, the genetic lines, we find that dad or mom or uncle, you know, or grandparent or had this so was the same way at this age. Right. So one thing that we ought to always know as, as parents is that we and our kids have very complex genetic setup. And they express those genes in their lives, and some of them are set up with, um, with what we might call more anger genetics, you know. And the losing the temper or the Irish temper is one that, in my wife's family, people talked a lot about their Irish, and 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 what that really is is a genetic package, you know. Now, to some extent, all of this stuff gets triggered, right? So our genes are expressing themselves, and then they can get triggered, um, and, and so these genes get triggered, and and trauma can trigger and take things take these these genetics um, and these vulnerabilities too far and the anger goes too far uh, or and or the child with these genes uh, who is going to process uh, through more anger, we're going to need to work harder to with that child than we would his more passive sibling because this anger can is potentially harmful, can cross boundaries against other people and it confuses us. It's loud. Um, the kids can hit things. Uh, so, so it it can really present a challenge. But I do want to say that um, if if you have an angry child, it's not necessarily wrong or bad. It it's probably how his or her genes are set up, and the child needs to be worked with. So, um, one thing to do is to ha- have an angry place, like have a Nerf bat have a place in the house, which is this anger place. The kid is redirected there or picked up and taken there when he gets angry. And he hits the bat against that bag chair that's there that's kind of old and worn. Um, You know, that's his area to be angry in. And that's okay. So we're directing the anger to this place and can never hit an animate object, right? Can never hit a sibling uh, in anger. Kids are going to do it, but we're going to be trying to train them. You don't hit your sibling in anger, and you certainly don't hit mom or dad. Um, uh, you go to this place and you work it out in this place. And and I would say a big red flag is if you put that strategy in place and he still can't function well. The anger is still so overwhelming, and he's still uh, hitting siblings. Then you know you've reached another level at which again we got to get some psychiatric help to ascertain what's going on in him. So it's when he crosses. 
when he first crosses over in his anger, we redirect him. And then if he keeps crossing over in that anger, crossing into what we would consider violent behavior, um, you know, then we absolutely get help. Now, I'm going to speak from experience for a moment for, for Amanda and then, uh, you know, for other parents who are kind of in this boat, um, at least for me, but I'm going to guess it's true for a lot of kids, a lot of boys, they don't want to feel this anger. They know that something's wrong. And, and for us, it was finally Mike coming to us and wrote us a little note that was just absolutely devastating uh, about how angry he was and how depressed he was. And he was really crying out for help. And I think in part, um, whether a boy realizes that or not, when he starts acting out this way, it's his way of somehow saying, even unconsciously or subconsciously, I need help. I can't be like this all the time. And so Amanda's been really wise uh, to see that and to act on that and to get him help. Um, but Michael, one of her concerns, uh, even though she's doing everything to help her son right now, she's afraid he's going to turn into a monster. And uh, boy, we all, every parent who's ever had a son or a daughter like this, that is the deep fear that our kids are just going to go off the rails and we don't understand why it is. We've been good parents, we've been loving, we've been supportive. And then where does this monster come from? So what are some things that Amanda can do as a mom or moms and dads can do for themselves uh, to help feel like they're being proactive and yet take some of this guilt and pressure off of themselves that we can tend to put on ourselves for being bad parents? Yeah, well, one one thing is is to understand how how this is moving through that guy's brain and understand that unless unless we have significantly traumatized this child, this is not our fault. Um, so, so we need to, I know that seems easy to say in a podcast, but that's, that's very, very important. This is coming in on his genetic package. He's, he's having to work through it. We don't, we don't know yet because, because I don't really believe she's gotten the absolute help she needs yet psychiatrically to understand what's going on with him. So we don't know yet what's really going on with him. Um, but, but as she said, he has not been traumatized. We have not traumatized him. I, intact family. So she was specifically speaking about divorce trauma. Um, it doesn't sound like there's been abuse trauma, sexual abuse. So, so it, in 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 that realm, we as parents are not at fault. This is not something we're at fault for. Um, if we, if the child's been severely traumatized, then it's even harder for parents to not feel like they're at fault. But in what I think she's saying in this email, and again, we just don't have enough information, but what I think she's saying is, I think we can safely say she's in the category of parents where it is not their fault. Um, the second thing I would say is that without really getting the diagnosis and understanding what he has, does he have some an attachment disorder? Does he have some oppositional defiant disorder? Does he have depression? Without knowing what it is, I... I am less likely, like than you, I'm less likely to give advice because the advice that I want to give is you have to go find the right person yes. to get the right diagnosis. So I'm right. not, uh, I can abstract out and say, if you have an angry child, do A, B, and C. But in this case, I just think we need more information. Right. Um, I don't think it's the parent's fault per se, no. But I think there's something going on in his genetics, something's being triggered, that, and we don't have the information. But in the abstract, if we have an angry kid, um, uh, one one other strategy we can use is get more, especially if it's a boy, get more dad involved. And I don't know how dad's personality is set up, but 
um, as the boy is eight, nine, 10, 11, you know, more dad, more deep male voice can sometimes help the, the boy to self-regulate. Uh, and, and, and this is going to have to do with what mom's personality like and dad's is like. Some moms are actually very alpha and they're, they're the right ones to help push back against this angry guy. Um, but sometimes the dads are more the alpha and the deep voice can do it. So in terms of the anger itself, we're going to have some people are going to have to intervene here in this anger and redirect it. Um, that's not going to solve the depression, but but uh, getting more men involved can be a strategy. So uh, what we're doing uh, with this particular question is how often happens with the questions we get. The questions are very specific, and uh, there's only so much we can say because we don't have all the details, as Michael's saying. But we do want to try to extrapolate them out and be a bit more uh, general with them. And so we do know, because I'm one of those dads, we do know that there are parents like Amanda who've got a child, a son or a daughter, who acts out to such an extent uh, that the behavior is troubling, the behavior is frightening, uh, frightening for the family, frightening for perhaps the future of the child. And uh, I think, Michael, one of the things that you're saying is when that acting out really does become a red flag, you need to, uh, to the best of your ability, find a, a good match for your family and a therapist of some sort and uh, and, and get at these issues. So if, if a parent says, you know, I think my child's going to need uh, therapy or needs help, what are the different kinds of practitioners they can go to where they can get some help? Okay. Yeah. Um, in Well, actually, I was, let me back up on that one because I was also thinking about this child and wondering if, if this child could somewhere be somewhere on the spectrum, you know, the autism spectrum. Sure. What we call the, uh, because sometimes this child could also get overstimulated, you know, the anger can follow overstimulation. Uh, so trying to figure out what those what the pattern is. Uh, so it, it, in terms of getting a therapist, there are going to be two layers, I think, for a child like this, if we understand this child from what we read. One is going to be the psychiatric, so that, that PhD or that MD, that person who does the neuropsych batteries, who can really figure out what's going on um, and, and if the child has a disorder, what it is. Then the next layer, then there's going to be a therapy layer, which is going to be the more ongoing and um, I would say make sure that in this case, we're dealing with eight-year-old boy or a boy of any of these ages, make sure that the therapist has a specialty in working with boys. So, um, you know, that's its own specialty. And especially as this guy becomes adolescent and he'll be pre-adolescent here pretty quick. So we really want to be looking for a therapist in your area who, who you can interview a therapist and find out um, that this therapist knows how to work with adolescent boys. And that doesn't necessarily mean the therapist is male. A lot of females work really well with adolescent boys, but that's that's going to be important, I would say. So look for those two things, the two layers. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. 
Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Now, I've heard you mention occasionally genetics testing. Can that be helpful? Uh, in I think in this case, that psychiatrist, if the psychiatrist knows about gene testing, like alpha genomics and these things, which more and more of them are learning about it, if they know about it, I hope they would order it. Um, they could first, I think at a minimum, they would order it to figure out if the child needs meds, what would be the right meds for this genetic package. And that is a pretty good science right now. It's not 100%, but it's pretty good. And companies like alpha genomics do that. And 23andMe, actually, I believe, has a new division that does that. So so at, at least I hope that that uh, psychiatrist or psychologist would order those and then read those. Um, uh, and then there's another layer of genetic testing that might help to figure out, uh, like, this overstimulation that's occurring or the anger genetics or the why is the amygdala, you know, why when the amygdala swells up in this child, it just goes so fast toward anger. And so there isn't impulse control or self-regulation. Um, uh, you could get another layer of testing that might help with that. That would be probably more subtle than I understand, but I think that would be doable. I also think another thing that can, that might be useful for a child like this, but you know, it has to go through the process of the MD psychiatrist or someone at that end, but it's getting to the point where places like Amen clinics, they do brain scans with depressed, angry, uh, adolescents. I don't know if they'll do eight years old, but they scan that brain and they show you that brain and you can see that how that brain, how the pathways to the frontal are not developing, you know, the frontal lobe, the prefrontal. So the amygdala swells up and it can't, it's not, it doesn't have these pathways developed so it can do the impulse control at the top of the brain. And sometimes seeing it on the brain scans can be pretty amazing for both the, the adolescent and the parents. Um, and then it can, then, you know, these professionals can help develop a program to help this kid. If you go to wonderofparenting.com, uh, you'll find all kinds of resources that uh, Michael and I have created, uh, including some books and rites of passage. Uh, there's also a link to a new program that Michael has created, a parenting seminar. Michael, uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's right there. As you scroll down a bit on wonderofparenting.com, you see all the rites of passage that, that uh, are there, sort of middle left. And then on the right, you're going to see uh, a photo of me, a still of me teaching, and then it gives you the, the link where you can just click, and then it'll click over to a page that'll give you all this, the, the facts about the online course. Uh, it's six hours of online course, more than 100 strategies of me teaching. It's it's quite dynamic. You can watch it over time. You can take months to watch it if you want. Um, and then you get uh, four hours of group coaching time with me. So we'll do that by phone conference call. Anyone who joins in on that Friday morning, we we uh, we talk. Uh, and you also get um, the whole thing. Also, all one price. You also get one hour with me. That's just you and me. So there's going to be confidential stuff people want to ask, and that's just going to be a coaching hour with me. That's confidential. No one else is on that one. So it's ba it's basically eleven hours. We have received a lot of listeners' questions, and we're going to go through all of them uh, as we move throughout our series together. Uh, but there there tends to be a common through line, and I think uh, Amanda's sort of touched on that, that there are parents who are really concerned 
about their children. And, um, you know, I don't know, Michael, if we're seeing more uh, of these kinds of behaviors that are concerning or if we're just more aware of them. Uh, And it could be that because we're talking about these things on podcasts, these are the kinds of things that our our parents are dealing with. Uh, But there are a lot of parents out there, like Amanda, parents like uh, Jan and I were years ago with our son, who are just really, really concerned uh, about their kids and about their well-being and and, uh, how do we best help them. Uh, and uh, I'll just give a couple things from our experience, and then, Michael, I'll give you the final word. Um, Amanda, Amanda, I would say to you and to other parents like you uh, that, that you are being proactive, and so that's the, the best act of love you can do for your son and, and to keep at it. Um, I think Michael would agree with this, that, that you're going to have to create some boundaries where, you know, even though he's struggling, there are behaviors that are inappropriate in the home. And that's an act of love as well. But um, I encourage you to get the best help that you can get. I encourage you not to give up. Um, You know, we're hoping for a short process. It could be a while uh, to really figure it out. But once you get it, um, there's hope for your son. And uh, he's he's not going to turn into a monster. You're not going to lose him because you love him. And he's going to see that. And right now he's just crying out for help. So for any parents who are really struggling with this, uh, there are no easy answers. Uh, there's no there's no platitude to say you know you're going to make it through. It's going to be easy. You just have to love through it, and um, it's going to take a lot of different resources for you to do that. But you're committed to your son, Amanda. I can tell that, and and I really appreciate you sending in the question. And uh, boy, God bless you as you walk through this with your son, Michael. Final words. Mm. Well, that's beautifully put. I I, I agree with that completely. Um, every parenting journey has has terror in it it has fear in it uh, for sure so we are with you and i know a lot of people are with you um i i think what i'll end with is is taking that point kind of teasing out that point where you said is it are we seeing more of this now yeah. you know more disorders and i think absolutely we are um when we have one in 41 males who are on the asd spectrum you know one in 61 kids or so that's autism spectrum um and one in 41 males, one in 61 kids, that's a lot. We have about 11% of our kids, um, ADD, ADHD, and those are, that's hard diagnosis. That's, that's not misdiagnosis, but real. We have uh, attachment disorders. We have um, uh, an increase in depression and anxiety among children. Uh, so, so this, is, you know, a man is not alone. I mean, I, I, I estimate that somewhere around one in five of our kids is, is going to go through a significant period during childhood of dealing with some form of some sort of disorder, you know, depression, anxiety. And one of my daughters had dyslexia. We certainly would put learning disorders in there and we're, we're creating more of it. And we have thought that we're creating more of it like Amanda led with that. Maybe she as a parent was doing something wrong. And, and I, I don't know their situation, but based on what she said, I again, don't think this is parents fault. I think we're, we have more children whose genes genetic vulnerabilities are getting triggered. They're getting triggered by environmental neurotoxins. They're getting triggered by by stuff that's in plastic that people don't even know about, um, by pollutants. These things are getting triggered and we are creating more of it. So we do sort of need to say, if we have multiple kids in the new normal, it's very probable that one of the kids will struggle with a disorder of some kind in their uh, childhood lifespan. And uh, so, uh, so I agree with you. I'm applauding her and everyone in her system in getting help. 
And I, I do want to just put in one final word for your two books, um, uh, Saving Our Sons and the Minds of Girls, because you do talk a lot about uh, the issues with neurotoxins in, in that. Uh, you talk about some things that we can do for diet that can help kids. And this is really important stuff. So Michael's got that in his books. Again, wonderofparenting.com, all the information for you. You can leave your questions there. If you'd like to invite us out to your community to do a, a live Wonder of Parenting experience, we'd love to do that. And, of course, our Facebook page. Just go to Facebook and then in the search do Wonder of Parenting and, and join the group. And if my calendar is right... I believe that next weekend, or next Monday, uh, we're going to do a special Mother's Day edition, because that will be the week leading up to Mother's Day, and uh, Michael and I are going to just talk about our moms, and we're going to talk about moms in general, and gush on all the moms who are so important in our lives, and uh, so we hope you'll join us again. Make sure you uh, let your friends know about the Wonder of Parenting podcast. Thanks for joining us, and we will be back with you next week. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio.